Hello and welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast, the podcast that celebrates and elaborates on our odd interests. I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Ray Bell. And today's guest was Dan Kohler. We talked about the history of turkeys and Thanksgiving and food in general. This was a fascinating episode, guys, and perfect just in time for this coming Thursday. For the holiday for season. For the holiday season. Mm. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us at guiltypleasurepodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at Guilty Pleasure Podcast. Our website, too, www.guiltypleasurepodcast.com. Uh, we just created a Facebook Facebook group, the Guilty Pleasure Podcast Facebook group. So search for that thing. I'll put the link in the description of this episode and uh, t- chat with me and Amanda about how you like this episode and your own guilty pleasures. Yes. And thank you so much for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Leave us a review on iTunes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com. You like podcasts with themes and purpose? Love them. Me neither. Oh. That's why we created the Potato Potato Podcast. You mean Potato Potato. Sure. Great. Then check out our show. Every week we have a special guest from the world of improv and entertainment. We promise we won't stay on topic. And with some help from the human bag of garbage intern Rich. We're best friends. Nope. Nope. And the voice of reason Sam. You're doing this ad wrong. We make a show that somehow makes sense. We've been told this show is like hanging out with your best friends, but let's be honest, your best friends are kind of jerks. Yeah. So check us out every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network. here we all have jobs that make us money that we yes. don't reference here this is the safe no. space where your real jobs don't matter in this podcast booth yes oh there's <laughs> only don't. one can I, can I live in here forever you can, you can. live in here forever it's beautiful i mean like honestly you have padded walls you have that baby meltdown t-shirt uh-huh. um, which you know will fit like if you're yeah. if you're familiar with the harry potter series this is like the room of requirement almost you know think of anything that you want it'll appear yeah Obviously, Great. Great. we have um, a birthday hat. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a birthday hat. Here. I don't publicly you know? celebrate birthdays, so that's not going to do me. Anything. Are you a Jehovah? No. <laughs> <laughs> because it's cool if you oh. are. It's cool. really great if you are. Um, I'm definitely not. Birthdays are not that no. big of a deal. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Nobody really likes them. I know. People just pretend <laughs> to like them. I think it's a conspiracy. We're all told that you like. You have to like You have it. to like your birthday and you have to be really excited about it. And then you have to expect people to do things for you. Yeah, do and it it's for a big, me. And then if, if mm-hmm. they don't, you get upset that they didn't bring you a cake. But like, why are we believing? this whole conspiracy make your own fucking cake yeah then you get what you want but also like what are you celebrating you've kept yourself alive for a whole other year it's like instinct also just going with your instinct and like what's the difference between (laughs) your birthday and like the day before and the day after and then if you just keep extrapolating what's the difference between your birthday and any day yeah you are pick your day you're you're alive have a cake don't expect somebody to bring you anything I know don't expect well you should always live life with the lowest expectations possible I think that's Mm -hmm. the key to happiness Expectations, always a cake on the horizon. <laughs> always always a cake on the horizon. It may or may not happen. Whatever. Be happy with what you get. I am exactly. a cake fan. Are you guys cake or pie people? Oh, we cake. Are I can into- do both. I can do both. I like cake more than pie. Cake all the way. 
cake all the way? Yes. It depends on my mood, you guys. I had a pecan Wrong. pie last night, and it was Wrong. exactly what I needed. My thing with pie. Wrong. Just <laughs> sorry about it. You're that's, fucking wrong. That's not how this works. I don't like pie because I think pie is trying to be something that it's not. I think pie what? tries it's just to. Trying to be a pie. I think no. It's like I'm gonna put fruit in here, and it's gonna. I don't like fruit. I'm not a fruit in my, pie. Person. Okay, wait. In now, my desserts. Are you about to tell me that you don't like cake that has fruit fruit in it? I don't like that either. Uh, I don't like that. Okay, it's we are definitely favorite. fighting right now. <laughs> okay, you give us your opinion. You are the yeah. guest, so. Uh, first of all, I love cake. I'm a cake fanatic. I think the varieties of cake that are out there and like the textures you can get are amazing. Sure. Also, why would you not bake fruit into it? And I'm not saying I like fruit cake because like traditional fruit cake is horrible, but yeah. cake with fruit is amazing. Oh no, no! <laughs> You're looking no. at me like no. I just killed your puppy. I, I mean, no. sorry. Uh, I also don't believe in personal pets, so that's a weird <laughs> thing. Definitely a Jehovah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, definitely. So why why cake over pie? Because uh, there's just, many textures in pie. I'm just saying there are textures, but I like the sheer variety of cake. Like pie is amazing. Mm-hmm. But once you perfect pie crust, there's like one perfect pie crust and like fillings, which are just flavors. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are dozens of different kinds of cake. Like, sure. There's not a lot of different kinds of pie crust. We can sort of get into if you're baking it with uh, butter or lard or some mixture or something artificial. Um, but pie crust is pie crust. And good pie crust is good pie crust. And the rest of pie crust is just like pie crust. Even bad pie crust is just pie, pie crust. crust. But yeah. like the difference between a sponge cake and a genoise cake, and, <gasps> and then like getting cake? into getting into the the intricacies of how we got to cake, and like ooh, were you using stone ground flour or were you using uh, flour that was ground by steel mills and things like that? Because then you you get all these different textures, and that's why we have so many different kinds of cakes. Well, this wow. is a great segue yeah, into who real. you are and what your guilty pleasure is. So, Dan, take it away. Take it away, kid. My name is Dan Kohler, and I am a giant food nerd. Yay! Yay! Food nerd. This is really exciting. We've never had this topic before. Never? No. We've talked about food uh, a little bit. In our very, very first episode, we talked about fast food. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, our archived episode. Our archived episode, we have talked about food. Um, But I don't... But, I mean, we haven't talked about, like, food. Deep food. Deep food. You haven't gone deep. You haven't gone deep. So, but you are a food nerd. Yeah. I spend my days uh, working mostly... As a food historian and a food scientist and a culinary producer on an unnamed TV show for regular people. Uh, basically, that means that I just like dig through old cookbooks and try to figure out why we eat what we eat and how we ever got it on a plate. And I that's love this kind so of the best. hard. I that's love amazing. this so hard. I'm such a, I love food. I've always been really interested in cooking. This just excites me to the umpteenth degree. Mm-hmm. So we're reaching um, the holiday season. We are. We're super close. We are on the precipice, if you will, of all the the delicious food that's going to be coming our way on Thanksgiving. For real. So could we ask you a few questions about Thanksgiving? Absolutely. And then we can and then I definitely want to go into like how you got into this and all that. But I think Thanksgiving is this kind of the myth, the legend, you know? Like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Let's start with what we think Thanksgiving is. Like Ooh, let's yeah. start with our yeah. second grade, my second grade knowledge of Thanksgiving. Yeah, and you how... tell me what you know and okay. I'll tell you that you're wrong. Okay. All right, wonderful. Yay. I Great. love being told love I'm this. wrong by a white man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. No, no, I'm really no. happy that you're here. For real, so for real. Happy, no. So happy, so happy, so oh happy about it. God. But I know I am probably wrong with here. A bunch of white people came to North America from Europe and mm-hmm. they came here and the Indians were like, Hey friends, uh we heard we 
we we heard you were coming, so we made this great meal for you. Yeah. It's uh, it's got corn and it's got turkey, and we're all gonna eat this together, and it's gonna be a holiday where we celebrate us being thankful that you're you came to our country to take us over. Yeah, that's I, basically. Isn't what... there like there was like a year there was a bat? I feel like there was this the hashtag struggle. Whoa. Of the winter, Whoa. right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, no, we're all going to die. And the Indians were like, you can plant corn. So let's show you how to do that. I mean, yeah? that's not super wrong. Oh. Uh, so settlers started coming here in the early 1600s and then in late 1500s also from other countries. But like, let's talk specifically about the English, who were the worst in this case. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and in 1620, they send a ship. There are turkeys on this ship, but we have to like put an asterisk next to turkey right now and get back to turkey because turkey's asterisk a cra- turkey's a crazy turkey. thing, and like I just don't have time. I'm gonna get derailed on turkey. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. Okay. So they they have turkeys on this ship. That's not important. Uh, in 1621 is officially when they have this first. Thanksgiving meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you have to understand is that between 1620 and 1621, it's entirely likely that most of those settlers were living on their fucking ship. Like, they didn't get off the boat. They oh. docked, and then they uh, things were shitty. They didn't know what to do. They didn't have anywhere to live. So they lived on the boat. Um, and that's stupid. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's like when it's like when you when you port a, a, on a cruise, yeah. and you just stay on the cruise ship as opposed to go out. there. Why anyone would go on a cruise ship voluntarily is beyond me. So I can't I, even I, talk I... to you right now about this. We have to keep going. <laughs> we I love Whoa. cruises. Oh no 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 no! I mean you're wrong about that for, for sure. Like I'm prepared you're to be wrong. wrong about I'm that. prepared to be wrong for uh, most of this podcast. Okay, that's totally cool. So the thing about this first like quote. Thanksgiving, unquote, Mm -hmm. is that it wasn't really the first meal that European settlers had with Native Americans. There was there were a couple rehearsal Thanksgivings. Boom! There were a couple (laughs) rehearsal Thanksgivings. So no dress rehearsal. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) in the late 1500s, Pedro Menendez de Avila was settling in Florida with Spanish Mm -hmm. settlers. Settlers. That's a really bad word. Uh, it's a euphemism. Invaders. Well, it's in, yeah, it's a euphemism for yeah. horrible people. Yeah. Uh, asterisk Israel. You're using that word, settlers. So, like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. where we're going with this. Anyway, uh, the Spanish were settling Florida. Looking and, for the fountain of youth. Yeah. Uh, Never found it. And it didn't make it to the Thanksgiving table either. But they actually invited the Temecula tribe to the table. So there, there really is an earlier Thanksgiving that we don't really acknowledge. Um, and then... Later on, there was a second one uh, on the banks of the James River in Virginia that British settlers had, and they read a proclamation that designated it as a day of Thanksgiving. But this one that we really acknowledge is in 1621, and it wasn't ever called it wasn't called Thanksgiving until the mid 1800s. This is where things get really okay. weird. Like at that point, so the there's this meal that was had in 1621 which asterisk we'll get back to what they ate. It's not what we're eating, obviously. But um, the reason we call it Thanksgiving was because really of a woman uh, named Sarah Josepha Hale, who was the editor of Goody's Lady Goody's Ladies Book in the 1800s, mm. which was a uh, magazine. It's like the I've pre- heard of this magazine. Really? For real? Yeah, I don't know how, but it just triggered a memory in me. Was this like one of the first Better Homes and Gardens? Basically, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically that. A woman wrote it. So. Yeah. 
not to be like. I mean, listen. You know what I mean? Are you going to pull out a copy of Goodies a- Ladies Home Magazine? Because if so, I'm going to lose my shit. It? It's the original Thanksgiving copy. Oh, I don't have that, but women did write everything. And I brought some of my old, <gasps> oldest cookbooks. Oh, we're um, taking pictures of those. We'll get back to, so this first one by Amelia Simmons in 1796, we'll get to when we start talking about the actual food. But but yes, women wrote everything. Men were not writing any of this shit down because men are stupid. And uh, <laughs> these, are, these are amazing documents of things that were being eaten in the 17 and 1800s. But... Um, so the only evidence we have of this meal in 1621 comes from two two letters that were written from settlers back to England. Oh. So uh, can I read one of them? Yes, please. please. You can. Okay. please. Edward Winslow, who was one of the English leaders who attended, wrote home to a friend in England. And here's what he wrote about it. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as, with a little help besides, served the company almost a week. At which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest, their greatest king, Massasoit, with some 90 men whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. Oh. oh. So we, we have like a real documentation that this thing happened, that there mm-hmm. was a meeting of... Native American tribes and British settlers, and they active they did activities together. Mm-hmm. They shot guns, you know, because that's what men do when they get together. For sure. Um, and they exercise their arms. I yeah. think that that's guns. That's the guns. <laughs> yeah. That's the. <laughs> they were they were dropping. Were, some, they weren't doing. You thought you were. Were you thinking push-ups? No, 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 no. That was that was we taught the natives they did to shoot. Serious. That they was did some uh, serious weight training. Like they were doing some pull-ups. Nope. They were doing just some no, no. bicep curls. Mm-mm, that was that Very was simple. we shot things. We shot things. <laughs> yeah, I forgot Very arms. Manly. Yeah. Um, and the <laughs> only <laughs> other reference we have to this meal um, is. Uh, from William Bradford, who was uh, the governor that that first guy was mentioning. Cool. And he wrote, And besides waterfowl, there was a great store of wild turkeys, of which they took many, besides venison, etc. Besides, they had about a peck a meal a week to a person, or now since harvest, Indian corn to that proportion. Okay, so we know from these two letters that there were some there was some variety of poultry on mm-hmm. the table and, and corn. Um, and this, these, this letter that Edward Winslow wrote to his friend back in England, got republished in the 1800s when Americans were nostalgic for the good old days. I oh, roll. Uh-huh, uh-huh. When the 1800s version of Horrible People wanted to make America great again to the 1600s. Yeah, that happened. It just, like, doesn't stop. It never it. stops! It doesn't stop. Bad people are always bad. So, so they start republishing this letter, and they, they try to... Make America great again, like it was when we first took it over. Yeah, oh, um, and God. that's oh. when it—that's the actual first time in the 1800s when this letter gets republished. There's a in a footnote mm-hmm. in the publication. It's arbitrarily referred to as the first Thanksgiving. Oh. So then in the 1800s, then you have Sarah Josepha Hale, who's the editor of, of Goodies Ladies Magazine, and she really keys into this and says, <clears throat> we're cooking lots of cool things. People are doing things at home. We have, yeah. we have recipes. I'm writing them down. I am publishing a magazine. It is incredibly popular. <laughs> we have traditions. We should make this a real thing. She then petitions president after president after president, beginning in 1827. She How like, long did yeah, this girl she go? She petitions, I think it's like somewhere between 12 and 15 presidents in a what? row. Beginning in 1827 to make this a real holiday. Do you have any guesses which president actually makes 
Thanksgiving well, holiday. Well, she started at the beginning it. of the 1800s. Oh, um, who oh. was, oh God, I please, I went I to Catholic know. school. I don't know. All right, fair enough. Uh, Abraham Lincoln declares hey. declares Thanksgiving a national holiday in 1863, which is in the middle of the Civil War, and it's part of his effort to bring people together. together. That uh, makes so much sense. Finally, it was a PR move. She finally, she finally prevails upon him during the middle of this horrible thing to like be, hey, can you... Let's do this holiday where we all sit around a table and and ignore the horrible politics of everything that's going on. Well, so, Which is what Thanksgiving is today. Mm-hmm. Just sitting down and being like, well, we can't fight today. Sitting We're down supposed with family to be... members you don't want to talk yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, do you think James Wilkes Booth just didn't like turkey? And that that's was what, what it was. That's what it was. He was mad about it. He it's was like, possible. I've been trying to get this holiday to happen too. And but this with lady. Ham. Yeah, but with ham. I just, I. <laughs> Can you imagine? I think Thanksgiving would be a lot more fun if it was ham. But like yeah. that's Christmas, right? Also, we didn't have ham at that time. We can't get into where pork were being, like where 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 pigs <laughs> were being. My joke ra- does like, not it's just stand. Not, the it test wasn't going to work. Uh, pigs freely graze in this in the south south, and we really hadn't colonized that far south yet. They need a different gotcha, climate. Gotcha. They run wild and right. blah 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 nerd stuff. Turkeys, I want this to be so long. Turkeys, turkeys. however, turkeys. Let's, let's dish. Let's, okay, let's, let's dish about, about the turkeys. Let's talk about turkeys. So. Uh, First of all, remember when the men were going and exercising their arms? Yeah. Yes. And shooting at things in the sky? Yes. All they the time. definitely were not shooting at turkeys because, first they of all, those fly, dumb right? birds don't They'll fly. They'll fly. Second of all, penguins of the north. That's kind is of that a thing. thing? Is that penguins a of the North America. Because penguins are north or in the south. They're everywhere. They're both poles. They're, polar, they're both poles. They're polar birds. They're polar, polar birds. birds. Okay, gotcha. Um, so. The bird that actually was was majorly uh, popular. That's not. Ooh, uh, can I guess? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me what. Quail. Wrong. Uh, <gasps> chicken. What, what was the what, what what bird had the highest population in America when people were settling here? Bald eagles. Guys, <laughs> should, guys, should, guys should, you should just know just these things. Pigeons. Yes, yes, ah! yes. Close. Boom. Uh, close. close. Passenger pigeons. Passenger oh. pigeons. Oh, actually, can you tell me this? I can because. <laughs> I, this behooves me. I thought about this the other day. I don't know why it came in my mind, but I was like, remember when people used to send pigeons to like give messages? My uncle Toe used to do that for real. <laughs> we in had New this York. conversation. He totally did this. Well, how did we teach pigeons how to read addresses and no zip codes? <laughs> I don't think they were doing that part though. My impression of passenger homing pigeons, are they the same thing? He, I don't like, know. He like unrolls, he unrolls the thing and he's like, ah, oh, motherfucker, I gotta go to Albany. God damn it. <laughs> uh. God. <laughs> All right, come on, let's go. Sorry, go ahead and tell okay. us about passenger pigeons. So passenger pigeons are actually kind of bonkers, and and they're extinct now. I don't know if you know this. They do oh. not, they do not exist. They do not exist. They once were the most heavily populated bird in North America. Like like to the point that when when natives arrived on this shore, it's entirely likely that when a flock blew by, the sky was like blacked out. These things, wow, um, not only. Do they have high populations, but they live in in massive parties? They are very social birds, and they were were were. Uh-oh. We fucked that. Up. We'll pour we'll pour uh, one out for the passenger pigeon. Yeah. So oh. they 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 mate in groups. Mm-hmm. I uh, mean, like getting it right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, spirited yeah. hippie yeah. birds. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but like the bird that was being eaten in the 15, 1600s and probably earlier on, because passenger pigeons had been here for centuries they they had survived a lot a lot of ups and downs of climate change and all these things um 
and couldn't and, survive us. I, I couldn't. Guess. No, they can't survive oh. guns, and apparently we can't either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently, <laughs> real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if the, if these men were going to exercise their arms with the native people. The skies were so filled with passenger pigeons that it's entirely likely if you took aim, you know, like at one, you could bring down like 15 at once because what? they were just all because having sex. Because the sky was like just dense. They were just busy. Because yeah. like, they who's paying attention? attention? Who's paying? Yeah. I mean, I mean when you're getting it on, are you, are you looking out for somebody over your shoulder to shoot you? Yeah. In 2017, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe, but like for real. <laughs> passenger pigeons, man. So what ha- how did okay, so what so, ended up happen to them? So that's really what was being eaten. Like yeah. you, know, you would have braces and braces of passenger pigeons because actually when you're hunting them with a bow and arrow, which is what native populations would have done, you you can't really overhunt them, right? It's it's mm-hmm. hard actually yeah. to you can kill enough, but you can't kill too much. But guns are really great at killing too much. Mm-hmm. Hashtag As America. We know. Yeah. Uh, As like we know. you never kill just enough with a gun. <laughs> yeah. Um so, uh, there, sprinkle there may have been a few turkeys on that original table, but it's entirely likely that the table was filled with passenger pigeons. Mm. Um, so, hashtag side note, we uh, then eventually just overhunted them, overhunted them, overhunted them. The last one was named Martha. No. And she died in the Cincinnati Zoo in 1914. Oh, all that. alone. And she's a social yeah. bird and she had no one else. She had no one else. Because, because as soon as we started killing them and the population died, the, the uh, the flocks would, would split, and then the flocks would get smaller and smaller, and then they stopped mating because their groups were not as were not big enough. They weren't having enough social time. Um, so so we really we really fucked this up. But but passenger pigeons were on the table, along with corn. We have evidence of, for sure, and probably this dinosaur bird we know as the turkey. A dinosaur bird. Yeah, it's a dinosaur. Have oh you guys God. ever been up close with a turkey? I have. It's no. terrifying. They're yeah, huge. They're huge. They're and huge. They're weird. Yeah. I mean, I know they look weird yeah. for sure. Now, the turkeys we have today are different than the turkeys you would have found uh, natively roaming America back then. Mm-hmm. As with most things in America, their breasts got bigger, their brains got smaller, and they can't stand on their own. Um, I hate <laughs> They can't stand on their own. No, most them, chickens can't yeah, either. Yeah, like, it, so if you're, if you're, the way we've bred them is we, pri- we prize certain you know, kinds of meat over others. So we we bred them to have larger and larger breasts. But the wild turkeys that were roaming in America at that time looked closer to a peacock. So they were they were smaller. They were sort of teardrop shaped and had beautiful tails, and also were monster dinosaurs. But um, but this word turkey is the worst name for that bird because it's not a name; it's a country. Yes, oh. I knew that. Uh, turkeys... I just thought the country really liked turkeys. That's why they named. No. Uh, That's why they were like, you know what? Let's just let's just commit to the bit. Uh-huh. And some lady was petitioning Turkish Turkish president after Turkish president <laughs> until so one of many. them yeah. finally like, was fuck. like, you know what? Let's do this. We, let's we're do having it. a tough time in the country. Let's unify. Yeah, yeah. Everyone agrees. Exactly. We dig this bird. Yeah. Why is turkey the worst name for this bird? Okay, so it, turkeys are native to North America. Specifically, they're native to really the Aztec Empire and and Mexico and and the northern part of sort of Central South America. Okay. Um, turkeys and turkeys would have been roaming in in America as we knew it at that point. But again, it would it was that kind of peacock looking turkey. Uh, and the Aztec emperor uh, Montezuma gave a gift of turkeys to Cortez when Cortez arrived in 1519. 
and um, you know, destroyed everything because that's what we do. Um, it's how we roll. Yeah. So this this gift of turkeys was brought. Uh, we weren't weren't called turkeys. We'll get to that. This gift of birds, native birds, was given to Cortez. Cortez then brought them back on his slave ships to uh, to Europe to Spain, and then then we get into this weird place where the Ottoman Empire actually um, takes over. So the Ottoman Turks absorbed the rest of the Roman Empire, mm -hmm. and they became very well-known in that region around the Mediterranean and all of, of Southern Europe, uh, they were really popular for trading, right? So they had, they had this massive fleet of ships. So Cortez brings these birds to Spain. The traders who were at that point considered Turkish traders, even though they weren't necessarily from Turkey, but the Ottoman Empire had absorbed all of the Roman Empire. So they were sailing on Turkish ships, which is to say ships that had sworn allegiance to the Turkish Empire. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> So these ships start trading things around the Mediterranean and around Europe. And because we're so bad with names, we just start saying that anything that comes from that ship is a Turkish fill in the blank or or a blank uh, or like a, a turkey blank. So if you were delivering rugs, it was turkey rugs or Turkish rugs. Or if you were delivering spices they were and they were coming from the ship, they were Turkish spices or turkey spices. And if they were delivering birds, they were Turkish Turkeys. fowl or turkey fowl. And at some point, the thing that they were delivering most were these birds to back to Spain. And then um, from Spain, they go to Italy. And from Spain, they also make their way up to England, at which point we're so detached from the original origin. Or, yeah, from the origin is, of this bird, which is the Aztec Empire. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so in England, people are just calling these things turkeys because they come from Turkish ships. And at some point, they were known as Turkish fowl for no good reason. They should have been called Aztecs. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Maybe. So then, Bad uh, name. then we're going to go back to where we started this podcast. 1620, a ship arrives from England and brings some mother grabbing turkeys back to what? America where they're already from. Yeah. Bringing it back, old school, classic. Yeah, uh, Bring back reintroducing a native population to their own land. Yeah, something weird. Hey like guys, that. you're gonna That's feel so super fascinating. Cool here. So <laughs> then we we start just calling them turkeys in America, even though there were already things here, uh, which the native populations had other names for because because all of the Native American tribes had been eating this bird also, and and they had they had many various names for it. And in, if you go all the way back, so like the, the real question is what, what is this bird called mm. anywhere? Like wh who Wait. has? So just real quick, keep that thought. I'm just thinking of like the English settlers coming, getting to be like, hey, Native Americans, come over here, come over here real quick, real quick, real quick. Got <laughs> we got this thing. We got this, oh, yeah? uh, this, uh, this native oh. thing oh, that, what uh, this? from our country that oh. we think you'll really, really like. Yeah? Here's this bird that we cooked up oh, and that... it's uh, totally from Europe. Oh, yep. uh, yeah. actually, I No, 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 this, this is ours. Bird. No, no, I have the same bird. <laughs> no, I, oh. I, think, I think you got that off no, our ship. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you with my no. arms now. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were just exercising those. <laughs> Better to be used. So uh, the Aztec Empire speaks a language called Nahuatl. And in mm. that language, the word for turkey is Huesholok. 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 Oh, I love and, it. And uh, that, at some point, uh, kind of changes. There's uh, other words for it in Spanish that are close 
Um, I love that. Could you imagine though they pull it out and they're just like, it's the same thing. We're not friends anymore. The, Amer- the Europeans probably would have accused them of stealing the Could birds. Could you believe that they like even, they took, God, that was our thing. That was like the thing we brought the, to so the So the British people appropriated the Native American culture. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. So then in in, <laughs> in Mexico much. now it's called el pavo. And pavo is like the, comes from the Latin term for peafowl, which is, also gets confusing because the other thing that Turkish traders were delivering were guinea fowl, which were birds they picked up in North Africa and also brought to Spain. Mm. So everything gets messed up and and we call this bird turkey and uh, a lot of a lot of other country a lot of other English speaking countries call this bird turkey but the other half of the world calls it India. Basically no one has the right name for this bird. So this so poor birds identity if crisis. If, if you don't speak Spanish or Nahuatl, like you just don't have the right word for this. So in in Hebrew and Polish and Russian, I believe, and French, the word is India because they thought that the bird looked like peacocks, which they assumed came from India. Um, And then uh, it gets gets even weirder when you get into like the, the Dutch and kind of in the Scandinavian region and Indonesia, they call it Calicut because the Dutch traders were picking up uh, birds when they were going to trade uh, calico and they were picking things up in what we now know as Calcutta, India. Yeah. But so they refer to the bird as as Calicut. Like that's the name of this Calicut. of this of this bird for them. This bird has just been misnamed over and over and over. So I think we should you know hashtag figure out a new name. Figure out a new name <gasps> or like go back to the original. I mean the, yeah. the Nahuatl language is I think pretty hard to speak like I'm not even sure I'm saying it correctly. You but, say it so beautifully. But I though, think I we could go you. I think we could easily go back to Spanish and just call it pavo because I feel like that's where it came from. Yeah. Pavo. And the yeah. But the, pavo yeah. trot doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> no. But uh the other word in Spanish is guajolote. So guajolote. I, could, I could go for a guajolote yeah. trot. Yeah. I could go for a guajolote trot. It's uh, trot, trot, pavo, trot. Pavo pavo time. Do 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 boop boop boop. Promises, promises. Nobody. What? I mean huh? a little bit. Come on, guys. A little huh? bit, a little bit, a little bit. There's uh-huh. a song called Turkey Lurkey Time. Yes. In Promises, Promises. And my friend Kat always sings this song or plays this song around Thanksgiving. And it's a very annoying song and it's awful. I had no idea that one, there was a thing called Promises Promises. Two, Whoa. I had no idea there really? was Yeah, no. It's, it's okay. back right? Fine. Is this musical theater stuff again? Because yes. remember, I'm not allowed to. Ta- I'm not allowed to talk about it too no, much because Jackie gets sensitive. <laughs> obviously, I don't know Whoa. anything about musical theater. <laughs> Neither do I. So whatever. But I can reference promises, promises. Okay. A little bit. Fair I could enough. do turkey, 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 lurkey time. I don't even know what the title turkey is. Turkey, really, time. Yeah, really tanking. I don't know the words. It's a it's a terrible song. Um. So okay. There's turkey. There's turkey. We talked about passenger there's pigeons. Papa. Let's talk about what else is on. The plate or on the table at this first yeah, one. Let's all guess? go. Let's go around and say what's on our turkey on our t- our okay. Thanksgiving table. Okay, because I get I get sweet potatoes mm-hmm. and or y- whatever yams and we're marshmallows. Gonna, we're gonna get into that. We'll Please. get into that. Please and marshmallows. I have stuffing. Usually two varieties. Nice. We tend to we and a couple Thanksgiving we've we done two birds, one mm-hmm. deep fried, one oven. Ooh. We do cranberry sauce. We do like a homemade cranberry sauce, and then we have a canned cranberry sauce. Then there's always potatoes, and then there's usually um, we get onions. Like what are those creamy onions? Those like those pearl onions. You know what I'm talking uh, about? I, I mean, do actually know what you're talking about, and that is something that uh, Sarah Josepha 
Hale would have published. Like, and that's that's creamy. Old. It's just like, like creamy onions. Yeah, that's oh. that's like old. Old like eighteen hundreds Thanksgiving, oh. and then uh, green Throwback. beans, some sort of green beans. Yeah, yeah we do right, a green yeah. bean. Well, I celebrate Thanksgiving now with Max's family, um, oftentimes, and we do not do turkeys. Uh, we do small um, little chickens, little hens. Like oh, gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. Uh, Cornish game so, hens. Because yeah. we don't really we don't really like turkey. It's usually just the four of us, so we just make little hens, and it looks like a mini turkey on your plate. It's adorable. Um, but they do the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows with like a bourbon of some sort or something like that. Uh, don't dislike it. Not usually how I roll. Anyway. Um, and then like a sensible green bean. There's a butternut squash soup situation maybe. Ooh, a soup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So most of like, I think like when I was a kid in Thanksgiving though, we started with like an antipast because I'm Italian. We started with an antipast and maybe, uh, maybe that wasn't Thanksgiving. Maybe that's Christmas because it would be antipast, um, lasagna, and then it would be the meal. But I don't know if we did that for Thanksgiving. I don't think so. But that might be Christmas. What about you, Dan? How about you? I hate Thanksgiving food. It's not my favorite. It's just I like not my the favorite. Worst. My, so my sister is a traditionalist and she demands, even though I am a food professional, she demands that she cook everything for the, the meal because she doesn't trust me to not show up with some, you know, like kimchi stuffed not turkey. Kimchi awesome. stuffed not turkey. But that, uh, I love that. I want to like, come to your I don't want stupid turkey. But every year she makes me make this horrible thing that I made as an accident one year. Um, so I'm really curtailed on what I'm allowed to make because she knows, like, I host dinner parties all the time, and she's always at my house, so she knows I t- tend to do strange historical things, and uh, which is why she kind of put the, you know, the, the, kibosh. the kibosh on on me making anything for Thanksgiving. But she said you can bring a dessert and and or a snack. So you get a um, snack. like a like a pre like a pre so dinner like, like a dip. <laughs> so a dip. I honest to God don't even remember at this point what I set out to make for that snack, but whatever it was, it failed. I don't remember anymore and it's kind of shameful that I can't remember what that thing was. So I was scrambling at the last minute and did one of those, you know, clean out your refrigerator recipes mm-hmm. where I was like, "Well, what do I have and what can it be?" So, um I had some oranges and some red onions and ginger and some carrots. Oh, and I okay. decided that I would roast all of this together and then I would puree it and I would make this sort of carrot ginger dip. I think it's vile. It I sounds do, like maybe I it would rock. I do not like this. I hate this and now my sister requests it every Do year. people eat it? She does. <laughs> Also, I feel like hippies would eat it. Like, if you had a hippie Thanksgiving with a bunch of vegans, it'd be that like, sounds this very is so good. It's oh like so, so flavorful. It's so flavorful. I just feel like you're really that, making use of seasonal ingredients. Is that it's ginger so in there? Good. I love ginger. It's a really yeah. good anti-inflammatory. Ginger is really good for you. This yeah. is really going to help me digest the rest Can of my Can I put some turmeric on this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's definitely Gross. somebody who's like, I brought my own turmeric. Can I use it? Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, they're the worst. So <laughs> I, I think your sister actually low-key just has a theme for like Thanksgiving. That's the day where Dan doesn't like anything. So I will continue <laughs> to make, have him make sure, this, yeah. this dip. This is Sad Dan Day. <laughs> sad Dan Day. Whoa. Let's make him sad. Guys, that's really rough. This got really I mean, cool. we like really don't know you very well, but I also know. like what it sounds like is it's 
Is sad that Dan, Dan day? day? Yeah. Also, like, I'm insufferable. So I like <laughs> I can't actually blame my sister for stopping me from doing this because, yeah. like, legit, I pitched to her one year. It's like, what if we did all Japanese food? And she's like, no. And I said, no, no, no. Like, we'll like cut the turkey up and I'll do like a turkey yakitori. And then and she's like, no, 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 no. I there are not enough ways for me to say no to stop you from doing this. That sounds awesome, though. Uh, so that, that you want to know the horrible thing I made that year? I just yeah. for, I just remembered this. What? It was our first Thanksgiving together, and I decided that we should have a signature cocktail. Ooh. Ooh. So smart. So smart. So I wanted to make some kind of uh, cranberry cinnamon simple syrup to, to shake with gin and or vodka. Mm-hmm. I was young in my culinary career at that point, so like, let's be very clear. Didn't know what I was doing. Was just going to dump this in with some booze and some ice and be like, cheers! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I made this. And it was really pretty. The color was gorgeous. And uh, you eat with your eyes first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I mixed up a couple of cocktails, and I poured one for me and my sister, and I think her her roommate Adam, who was there, and uh, we you know raised these cheapo glasses and said cheers, and we all took a sip, and everyone kind of made the same face, and like <laughs> you know like half closed an eye and cocked their head a little bit, <laughs> like w- wondering who's gonna who's gonna say this first. <laughs> say it first. Uh, and my sister said. Dan, what's this supposed to taste like? Oh, no. And I said, well, I think it was kind of like a cranberry spice, you know, Cosmo something something. And she said, it tastes like you melted Red Hots and mixed them with vodka. No, but also I love Red Hots. (laughs) Um, Oh, no. So we had like Red Hot cocktails that Uh, night. I love Red Hots so much. (laughs) One of my favorite candies of all time. Red Hots are great. I love them. So I want to go to your Thanksgiving, whatever it is. I can totally relate to that because I mentioned to you before off air, but my fiance is a chef, very great chef, but also as a chef, he loves to experiment. Mm -hmm. So there have been a couple of times, and for the most part, I should say like 99.9% of the time, it's always something crazy that like, I've been like, I can't believe you even thought this in your head. But like for that 1.1% time, I'll be like, Huh. Oh. Well, and he'll look at me too. He'll be like, huh. Didn't think. No, I didn't think that was gonna. Well, just the other day, he uh, he poached a lobster tail and like uh, and a, and made a veg veg stock, and he like made lentils later using the veg stock, forgetting that he poached the lobster tail in the veg stock. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, so remember how I'm making lentils right now? I'm like, yeah. And he's like. You liked that lobster, right? <laughs> you were like, totally yeah. into it. He's yeah. He's like, cool, because the lentils taste like lobster. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm into right. it. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, speaking of lobsters. I love lobster. Did you know that they would have been on the original Thanksgiving table? Because they used oh, to be yeah. poor people food. Yes. Lobsters used to be poor people food. Also, very, like, native natives ate them a lot because the coastline, especially the East Coastline, looked way, 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 way different hundreds of years ago. Um, obviously, there were not freighter ships docking there. There wasn't sure. a lot of overfishing, right? So we had an overabundance of lobsters and mussels and clams oh, and, love it. and eels um, were all living along the coastline. And native populations fished that regularly. It was a regular part of their diet. Lobsters were so abundant that um, native populations used them as uh, fertilizer. Like, oh, like wow. it was garbage. In the meantime, when we made the lobster, the singular lobster tail at my house the other day, it cost 45 fucking dollars. What? Yeah. yeah. Is that because we've we've it because of lack of them now or is it because like we just I, assigned that 
price point to the food? Three things. Okay. Number one, partially a lack because we have overfished them. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, originally it's because of the uh, the railroad industry. They essentially sold the middle of the country on this thing that they had never seen. And then they realized that they could put a price on it because no one knew that it was trash. Mm. Um, and number three, uh, so the price of lobster is kind of directly tied to where in its life cycle it is being harvested. Um, and in theory, you'd think that a uh, young, fresh lobster should be more expensive than an older lobster, but it's actually the opposite. So older lobsters are bigger, and also they have they have thicker exoskeletons, which means they they travel better. Mm. Um, but that means you also have to grow them longer, right? So so young fresh lobster, if you live on the coast and can be in a country in a country or or city that that harvests them, are better but also cheaper like the the better quality thing is also the cheaper thing which is rare Mm -hmm. whereas the older things we have to ship around the world are very expensive because it's really you have to ship them live um and and there's not a lot it's not a lot and we now also like assigned a price to it because of the railroad industry which like is another episode (laughs) we'll have you back on we'll have you back on we'll talk about lobsters there's like one of my earliest childhood memories is my grandfather putting a lobster on the a live lobster on the kitchen floor and having it walk towards me i was terrified yeah i don't but i I love lobster i'm totally i love lobster i love crab i love um i love all shellfish i think Mm -hmm. it's so delicious yeah sea bugs sea Sea bugs bugs. love it sea cockroaches give them to me yeah uh lemon Okay, so on this table, you'd have all you'd have passenger pigeons, mm-hmm. you'd have wonky seafood because again, like our cooking techniques were different then too, right? It's not like you had a lovely um, you couldn't poach these lobsters in butter and then like broil them to get a nice crust on top. Like, nah, we had a fire and maybe a, a hole with some coals in it and say, like maybe a, a pot of water that was boiling. Those were the ways we cook things yeah. hundreds of years ago. Um, also on the table. We wouldn't have had stuffing as we know it right now, which is this like dish that we serve and everyone loves it. And oh my God, it's like bread and eggs and stuff. Uh, But if you actually look through some of these old cookbooks, there are recipes when they talk about roasting turkeys. um, At at some point early on in the 1700s, they were actually cutting up loaves of bread and stuffing them in the cavities of turkeys along with some aromatics. And it literally became stuffing as we know it today. Mm -hmm. So... That's not too dissimilar. Um, not the original, not the like 1600s, but but stuffing as we eat it now is actually not too dissimilar from 1700s era Thanksgiving. Um, potatoes, so different though. Yeah. So different. At that, and there were point, no marshmallows. Definitely with not. Indians? No. Uh, okay, put an asterisk next to marshmallow. <laughs> Hold, please. <laughs> Let's first talk about potatoes. We didn't have. Uh, sweet potatoes in this country at that point. Oh, they wow. were cultivated mostly in the Caribbean and, and Central America. And, really? And they were, be- they were coming up from Florida, in, but, but in Roanoke, in Plymouth, we didn't have, we would have, the potatoes that we would have had would have been white potatoes. We did not have sweet potatoes. I thought sweet potatoes were totally native too. Well, they are native to the Americas. Yeah. Um, I mean, all potatoes, all potatoes come from Peru. Every, the potato explosion happened in Peru. Uh, Peru, if you want, if you want bonkers yeah. potato, potato um, explosion. If you want bonkers potato varieties, go to South America. Specifically, go to the Andes Mountains because wow. um, I love potatoes. The, Let's go. The variety of potatoes that are cultivated there in the wild are you'll have you'll your mind will be blown. That's awesome. Uh, you know the other thing that originated in the Andes Mountains? What? Freeze drying. 
What? Yeah, I know. We'll get to space food another time. But, okay. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Uh, I love this stuff. Uh, so okay, so potatoes. So they would have they would have probably had some version of what we know as a baked potato, right? Like would have dug a hole. They would have thrown some embers in there and, and buried some potatoes. And like cool, we have the same thing now. But sweet potatoes and yams. Mm-hmm. You said that you you had like either or on your table, right? I don't know the difference between the two. Yeah, nobody does. You they're have, orange. You have never had a yam. That's the difference. You have never had a yam. You have never had a yam. You don't know me. No, I. <laughs> I think I. I think I can guarantee. Really? Yams are a different plant entirely, and they're native to Africa. If they made it to this country at all, and it's rare that they really made it to, to this shore. They made it to the Caribbean, but they came on slave ships with populations that were being ripped from their home, and they you know, took food from home with them. Yams are, yams are much bigger. They can be the size of a potato. They can also be the size of a possum. Oh, shit. And I don't know why that was my analogy. But also, possums are pretty big. They're way bigger than you anticipate a possum being. Yeah, so it's also a good visual. The they're the meanest. I Remember there was episode. that possum around yes, my apartment the other day? Scared the shit out of me. Yeah, they're disgusting. Awful. So yams are incredibly starchy, and they, are, they have a very rough bark like skin on the outside. They look not too dissimilar from taro root, if you know what that mm-hmm. looks like. Um, but but we don't we don't eat those. So why do we call sweet what what is the difference between American sweet potatoes and yams? Well, they're all varieties of sweet potatoes. And sweet potatoes grow in a couple of varieties. You have firm sweet potatoes and then you have soft sweet potatoes. And at some point the USDA decided that a distinction needed to be made between the two in order to sell more because if everything had the same name on the store shelves, what's the point? Excuse me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> if everything had the same name on the shelves, people would just buy sweet potatoes, but they wouldn't buy both sweet potatoes and yams. Mm. So uh, the the firm variety was designated uh, as uh, early – this also switches in the same way that like the Republican and the Democratic Party switched names at some point. Yeah. So originally the firm ones would have been called – uh, yams and those have like golden skin and pale flesh. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Then the darker skinned version with the orange flesh were were sweet potatoes. They are all sweet potatoes. They are all a variety of potatoes that actually have a higher quantity of of sugar and a different mm-hmm. kind of starch than white potatoes. Got it. But uh, but the only difference is that we like we needed to we needed to give them two different names to sell more. So you really are only eating sweet potatoes. And most people only eat the orange sweet potatoes mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving. And most people put marshmallows on that. Why? Was this a Sarah recipe? Why? Okay, so marshmallows are super we weird. We never did this at my house. This you is a I loved thing. it. It was like one of my favorites. That's like going back to Thanksgiving bad, food. But... I don't like Thanksgiving food that much either. Um, <laughs> but with the exception of sweet potatoes and marshmallows. Um, okay, so I'm going to crack open uh, the first American cookbook by... It's, it's very it's, small. It's very slim. It's yeah. like a pamphlet. It should it be called is. the first American cooking pamphlet. Uh, so it's, yes. it's American <laughs> yes. Cookery by Amelia See. Simmons. And I should put an asterisk. This is the first cookbook by a white woman. I There are other publications by Native people and by um, slaves at that point. But, Good to but, know. Um, but uh, she has a recipe in here for something called potato pudding, comma, baked. And not very inventive no. with the words there. Oh no, no, these names are terrible. <laughs> but uh, 
Instruction number one, one pound of boiled potatoes, one pound of sugar, half a pound of butter, Jesus. 10 eggs. Oh, Fucking gross. shit. There's no potato in there. Okay. Oh my God, 10 eggs? A um, pound of sugar. How uh, many, how much? Number two. So there's, there's, there's uh, two ways to do this. Here's, here's okay. the second one. One pound of boiled potatoes, okay. mashed, three quarters of a pound of butter, oh, God. three gills of milk or cream. What's a gill? Uh, it's a measurement and I think... I think it is half a quart. I can't quite remember how those things come out. No worries. Don't worry about it. Don't worry so about it. So like a pint. Okay. I think it might be a pint. <laughs> sure. Um, Talk about language. <laughs> uh, the juice of one lemon and the peel grated of, oh, and the peel grated of one lemon, and then half a pound of sugar, half a nutmeg, seven eggs, taking out three whites, and three uh, two spo- spoons of rose water. So the, rose water? Yeah. The interesting thing to note here is that she is taking out three whites, and what is debated in old cookbooks is uh, there's what, so what was she doing with the whites? Is she is she, so, she make so, a meringue? So is it saying seven eggs take out three whites and beat them separately, or is it saying seven eggs but we want four whole eggs and three yolks, and we mm-hmm. don't want the extra three whites? So orig- cookbooks. Used to be terrible. Like you can't cook from. I mean, really, you can't cook from these. There's no ingre- There's barely an ingredient list, and there's yeah. no instructions. So you you kind of have to put this back together. But you can start finding evidence of these potato pudding dishes mm-hmm. that were topped with egg white, and you start to find that they were topping these things with meringue, and it became kind of a festive thing. And it's actually not too far of a leap to get from topping potatoes with meringue to topping them with marshmallows, marshmallows because marshmallows are essentially shelf-stable meringue. Yeah. They it's ma- it's made in the it's made in the almost the exact same way except that you add some gelatin to it because gelatin won't ever deflate. That protein will always hold the air structure and it's never going to collapse. And also they're delicious. Marshmallows themselves, like marshmallow, the word is comes from, there's a plant called the mallow plant that grows in marshes. And we used to use them, like they come from Africa and other parts of the world, but they were used as medicine because the sap inside it coats your throat. And, you know, before we had um, Sudafed and Sucrets, you would like chew on the stick of a mallow plant. And uh, at some point, these saps were were taken out and they were sweetened because everyone likes sugar and like cough syrup needs sugar, right? People Mm -hmm. didn't want to just like chew on a mallow plant. Like, well, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. That's from Mary Poppins also. I know. I've seen that. I've seen that. That's a Disney film. I've seen that. I saw that dancing penguins bit (laughs) with Dick Van Dyke. Polar birds. Polar birds. Polar birds. Polar birds. Sorry. Sorry. That's wild, so, though. That makes a lot of so sense. So we start mixing mallow sap and mallow root with sugar. And at some point, chefs realize that if you whip these two things together, and I maybe, maybe chef is the wrong word, maybe pharmacist at that point. I don't really know. Again, like it's hard to tell who did who did certain things the first time. Yeah. We often can figure out who wrote them down the first time, but we don't really know like who decided to beat sugar with this sap. But what they would have found in doing that is that it actually would have created a a stable foam. Because if you look at the structure of mallow sap at this point, sort of doing chemical analysis, you see that it's it's high in protein. It's got a lot of protein structure in there. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to hold a stable foam. That's why egg whites beat up well. Those proteins spread apart. They they sort of create uh, a structure. They press each other away from each other and they trap air between these out extended arms, which no one who's listening to this can see me doing right now. It's okay. It's all right. Um, so, at, but mallow plant doesn't grow everywhere and mm-hmm. also like is difficult to harvest and you can't get that much sap from it. And people started to really like this whipped 
um, mallow confection. So chefs figured out, well, if it's just if we just need something that has protein in it, why don't we try the same thing with egg whites? So marshmallows were invented based off of, you know, this like cough medicine we were taking, this sweetened cough medicine. And and then it became not medicinal at all. It was just like egg whites beaten with sugar. For a long time it was it was stiff meringue that that had sort of been kept pliable. Mm-hmm. We added gelatin because gelatin is also super high in protein and gelatin keeps it completely stable. So um okay, so then then we we go back to Amelia's recipe. We have baked potato pudding topped with beaten egg whites and then uh, then things get crazy. So essentially the reason you <laughs> then eat... Then shit yeah, gets yeah, wild. Like, That's the easy part. No, the reason you eat sweet potatoes topped with marshmallows is because you were sold it by a company that made marshmallows. It's of course. A, it was a commercial, of course. It was a commercial trick. We've all been duped. Oh, We've God. all been duped. Um, so there's a company called Angelus Marshmallows, and they hired a recipe developer who was the head of the Boston Cooking School magazine, and they asked her, we need you to develop something with our marshmallows to help sell them. Because, like, marshmallows were doing well, but they needed a campaign, right? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. We, need to, we need to zip it up. The I don't PR, think we're, the PR uh, guy for marshmallows. I don't, think we're, I don't think we're reaching all of our markets. Exactly. We need to expand at different verticals. So in her booklet, we have, in 1917, we have the first documented appearance of mashed sweet potatoes topped with a baked marshmallow topping. Wild. And this was all, so this cookbook actually became really popular, and it was all just to sell marshmallows. And then then you see it take off. Then potato companies jump on board, and they start using marshmallow-topped recipes to sell their own potatoes. So marshmallows become the catalyst for this whole industry of, like, selling sweet potatoes, which might be yams, who knows, to to an unsuspecting population that has never had a yam before and doesn't know that marshmallows are supposed to be cough syrup. Oh, my God. So, okay, this is wonderful. Okay, and also I want to say that we are literally almost at our hour. I think we started a couple minutes after 12. So I want to just, we just, we touched on turkeys, Uh the first Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. marshmallows and sweet potatoes, what's on our Thanksgiving dinner. Blown away. And you've actually, in this last example, you really gave a nice kind of uh, example of what you're trying to do now. So I'm going to give you the option now to one, close your argument and also promote (laughs) Whoa. What you, I know you want to promote. Okay. Uh, so for me, the reason I do all of this is because I actually think I think food tastes better when we know more about it. Yeah. Uh, there's been a huge move toward what we call locavore eating or like, you know, farm to table, blah, 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 that, all, all that nonsense. But I like to take that to the extreme. So like I want to know where – if we're looking at farm to table and you want to know about grass-fed beef, well, where did we ever start domesticating cattle in the first place and why do we eat beef at all? Like that to me makes a really interesting meal because then I can then I can really believe in, in all of – well, it's not hype. But like I can, I can really get behind local eating and seasonal eating because – the only reason we ever did any of these things is because we had access to it and because the mm-hmm. climate was appropriate and we had these things and we had mallow plants and we could beat them into sap and coat our throats and like cure your cough. Um, so I I spend days digging through. I mean, you see them on the table. Like I it's dig so through cool. I dig through weird old cookbooks. I collect all this stuff, and um, I I'm a huge advocate for knowing not just where your food comes from in the sense of like that farm in. Uh, in California, but like knowing where your food comes from originally, mm-hmm. like how many hundreds of years ago um, did we start doing these things? Um, because it's it's all stories. Like food on the plate is cool, and and it's it's fun to tell these stories at, at dinner parties. But it also means that like we don't lose this connection to why we're cooking. The only thing that makes us human and not 
apes is that we have fire and that we cook. Like, this is the thing. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't forget that. We should really do as much honor to it as possible. Cookbooks are amazing. The way we write about what we eat has changed so many times, and it's really fun to collect those and, and look back at what we said about food 300 years ago yeah. versus what we say about it now on Pinterest and Instagram. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Uh, I cannot wait <laughs> to be 500 years in the future and watch somebody watch tasty videos. <laughs> Uh, AKA mine and Amanda's love guilty pleasure. It. No! I love it. Just, uh, I don't want to see a face. No. Uh, I just want to see hands and I want to see it in 30 seconds. Yeah. It's it's garbage. Fair. It's wild. It's garbage. Um, it is not, uh, I will give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. That's a point in my, col my column? Yeah. It's, okay. I'll give you that. It's not, I wouldn't say it's um, um, artisanal or um comes with it's about like, meal prep yeah <laughs> it's, but it's like all cheese it's actually not it's about content creation this is what you're you're being sold garbage again just like the marshmallow thing in 1917 it is it is content yeah. but it's good content it's it repeatable is. recognizable content which is why they have 1.2 yeah. million followers that's why i can't do social media get it get it that's okay you don't have to i know you just do podcasts I hate one podcast at a time i hate the future so, <laughs> I fuck the future i have so one what do you want to promote and two um if you have any recommendations for documentaries or books or anything that anyone who found yeah. this this podcast interesting i thought that'd be great okay uh what do i want to promote i mean you can visit my website renegadekitchen.com i will be very forthright in telling you right now i legit hate social media sure. so like i'm the worst i i would rather read a book than take a picture of the fucking half a grapefruit I ate this morning and post it online and like wait for 17 likes because but, I don't give a shit. But also I want to know the history of grapefruit now. Uh, all citrus comes from Asia for the okay. most part. Great. And right. most Great. of it is hybrids. Like anyway. Blah! Another episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want interesting reading if you're uh, if you're going in the science direction definitely get Harold McGee's On Food and Cooking. It is the the number one textbook in this area. Um, otherwise, my favorite food writer is um, Robert Farrar Capon, who is an old Episcopalian priest who later in his life became a food writer. Mm -hmm. And he writes um, very reverently about food as religious experience and and that gathering people around a table is is really like the modern church i think for him it became the thing that was so important and and i i actually couldn't agree more i think that sharing food with people and sitting across the table and not having a phone in front of you and like telling stories and making eye contact um is the most important thing i, I love, love it. that that makes my Great. heart so warm that's such that's awesome well, Dan, that's real dope thank you so much this was incredibly informative and it was a very special episode i don't think we've so, ever had anything like this before no and so much fun i dig this, this i is, dig this we I didn't have to do it. a lot of talking it was nice it was great <laughs> yes i love that too The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.